welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. You know, I'm really excited today because we're bringing back a guest. For those of you that have been listening for some time, you know Michael Fishman. Michael Fishman is an actor, a father, and an advocate. He's an actor from both The Roseanne Show, from when he was a a child, but also on The Connors. He's a director, and he is doing so much more. He's a director now. He's doing a lot of, lot of things in regards to gender equity, racial equity, and lifting women up in not only his profession, but in society in general. Today, we're going to be talking about what he's doing to be able to lift women up, and that includes his own daughters. And I'm really excited to be able to talk to him just about that. Michael, thanks so much for being back again this week. Hey, thanks for having me. And and, uh, you know, this is a topic that's very close to my heart, so I appreciate it. You know, let's start there, because I know that as a father yourself, you have two daughters. And as you look at gender equity, racial equity, and being someone that has really stepped into this, and placed your voice on it. Why was it so important for you to take a stand and for you to be able to work to bring your voice out to help other women? Well, I think I've been coaching kids for over, I don't know, 24 years, 22 years, something like that. I started when I was 16 years old. And so it's been a passion to connect in the community. But as I was going through that process, especially after having my daughter, your world opens up a little. But if I look back further, growing up on a set where there were a lot of really powerful female leadership examples for me, I watched people really kind of dynamically impact the way both our business and the world kind of saw female empowerment and female leadership. And watching some of the people who are now leaders in our business, I remember when they were new and I remember watching some of the kind of the unfortunate bias and and kind of hurdles they had to jump over that a lot of their male counterparts didn't. And so being formed that way early on in my life, then being a dad, and then just kind of being a socially aware person. I, you know, I, I think if you're not really listening, there's so many gender inequalities that still exist that so often kind of get swept under the rug, or unless you physically experience them or someone close to you has, people don't always analyze them and kind of look at them that way. And I really try to analyze how I look at things or my impact in the world. And I I feel blessed from the standpoint of I have a really public job. So if I'm going to have a voice, it's important to me to use it in the best possible way. And this is a really important topic. And so I've tried to be very outspoken about both this and kind of inclusion across the board, but particularly in terms of like race and equality under laws just in general. So as you took that step, as you took that stand... What kind of reaction have you gotten from your followers, from your peers, and what did you have to do to be able to not only internally take on this role, but also to take that stand for yourself and be able to step out in front to be able to embody this for the future? Well, I think anytime you voice your opinion, you're going to reach people who both agree with you, but you're also going to face a lot of skepticism. And I think that's an inherent part of it. I think the important part for me, especially when I look at things like inclusion, racial kind of justice and gender equality, those are topics to me 
where if anyone is offended by them or doesn't like what I'm saying, you kind of identify yourself very early, and the fact that I'm saying it and it bothers you empowers me to speak clearer and louder and, and more decisively. And my goal is not to beat anybody over the head. My goal is to actually kind of show you or share with you experiences and, and kind of open people's eyes. And if I can't reach that individual, maybe I can reach someone else who sees the conversation and that conversation may open somebody's mind who maybe grows up in a community or society or, or an environment that is not as forward thinking and has been very kind of repressive. So let's think about that neighbor, that friend, that other dad down the street that is hearing this and they're thinking to themselves, I want to move forward. I want to do something, to be able to support my own daughter and, and my, my daughter's friends and other women in my life, in my workplace and beyond. What would you say to them? What are some, let's say, simple steps or first steps that they can take to be able to move in this direction, to be able to support women in a whole new way? Well, I think the first thing is, I think we have a problem not just in this country, but around the world, I think there's a little bit of a problem that people don't acknowledge of how males treat females. There's kind of this old school boys will be boys accepted kind of hypersexuality and kind of bullying mentality that I think we should have outgrown a long time ago and it just doesn't serve us in a modern and futuristic society. So I think that's an important part. The first part for me is that is that we acknowledge how we empower people. If you have a daughter you're already invested and the first place you can start is how you treat her mom because that's going to be her first kind of idea of how she's supposed to be treated then i start to think you know i'm a coach and i i coach primarily girls now i've coached young women for almost exclusively for about five years now and i started with boys i've done both the girls require a lot more attention and, and kind of cognitive awareness, the psychology of what goes in and, and what we expect out of them. But I also think people underestimate just how hard female athletes work. I don't think people realize they not only are facing everything their male counterparts are, they're facing body images that are also pushed on them. They're biologically going through changes that are massive shifts in their body that we really kind of underscore or underplay. The impact of potential injuries, there's studies that you're more at risk during or just before your period and things like that and menstruation. So as a coach, you know, when I was a high school coach, I tried to keep track of where we were as, as far as schedules and when I should be lightening up and when I should be conscious of these things because you also know that there's a lot of group dynamics that go on. And it really is about being more of a holistic and aware person, but from a leadership standpoint, I made a decisive decision when I wanted to become a director. I'm mentored and trained with a bunch of people, but my primary mentors, I picked two female directors. And I did that on purpose because I watched through the years and my female peers didn't get away with some of the things the men could kind of push their way through or kind of bully people through. And from a communication standpoint and a leadership standpoint, I watched powerful women really embrace that in a different way and have to kind of navigate that in a much more holistic and kind of open discussion forum. And I actually feel really blessed by that now because as society has kind of moved and we're kind of opening up and people are not getting away with a lot of the things they used to get away with, I actually am kind of ahead of the curve because I had such brilliant mentors and because I was willing to embrace not just looking at things from a gender mentality, but looking at them kind of from a more universal position. And 
the other thing I'll ask dads, but also moms and everybody in society, grandfathers, grandmothers, aunts, uncles, if your daughter wants to do things in this world, if you're not going and supporting other women doing them, those opportunities may not be there. Like, for example, my daughter and I went to a ton of female sporting events because that's what she was into. And we really tried to embrace that because I wanted her to see people who look like her chasing the same dream. But I also felt like if we don't invest in those things now, they won't be there if she gets to that opportunity. And that's something that you really should think about is even if you don't see it right now for you, maybe you don't have a daughter. But that doesn't mean you're not impacting somebody else's daughter or that the young woman down the street doesn't watch how you treat women and how you behave and you aren't defining somebody else's perspective of what society is supposed to look like. Now, as I mentioned before, you are a father to a daughter. And I know that with you taking such a stand, such a public stand on racial equity, gender equity and more, that this has to have opened up conversations that allow you to not only get further connected to your daughter, but also get even closer connection with your daughter. Talk to me about that and how your taking a stand has opened up dialogue that may be different than what it had been in the past. So it's really interesting, Chris, because from the first time we had our first conversation that I came on with you to now, I actually adopted an adult young woman. So I actually have two daughters. And so it's very interesting because I also have the advantage of watching two young women who grew up in different households who got different guidance. And what I would say is the conversations matter. Uh, my daughter and I have been able to talk about everything and anything from the very beginning. As she got towards college, being essentially a sole parent, having sole custody of my daughter the last few years after going through a divorce, you know, I had to have some really tough conversations that were uncomfortable for everybody in the household. You know, I mean, we had to talk about sexuality and potential birth control and responsibility and risks as she went away to college and things that she may experience and being able to communicate with me about those things. And, and none of those things are easy. As your kids get older, the conversations just get more complex. And when I tell her all the time, I may not have the best answer. I, I will find really strong, wise women to give you as a resource. But at the end of the day, I want to be that resource. I want to be the person you run to. I want to be the person who can connect. Even if I haven't experienced or feel the exact same things that you may feel, I still want to be that support structure. So it opens up these conversations in a whole different way is you have to be willing to have tough conversations and you have to be willing to understand, particularly as kind of a, a cisgender male, like you have to be willing to understand that you don't know everything or you've never experienced these things and let them teach you and let them show you or express themselves. Because the truth is, everybody's experience is a little different. And my oldest daughter, especially being a young woman of color, watching the way people treat her at times, watching the way gender in a professional setting, but also race impacts her in her personal life, it really is compelling. And if you don't get motivated and it doesn't drive you towards equality and drive you to use your voice you're really not paying attention and you're doing them a great disservice. Now, you may have already answered this, but now that you have both of your daughters in your life, as you think about both of them and the learning that you have had with both of them, what would you say has been the biggest learning or education that you've received from both of them? Well, I, I think I'll start with my oldest, Camille. 
Camille is an actor and a director, and so she is in my field. So there's a lot of things. It started as a mentorship relationship before she asked me to be her dad, and she'd never had a dad. I am impressed upon me from her and her experience the impact of not having a dad, what that can make you feel like in your life, and how lucky my youngest is for having had me the whole way and even subtle impacts that I may not have realized or maybe even took for granted because they were the norm in our household. You know, to watch some of that pain or the struggle or feelings of not understanding and to see that has an impact for her, that was really hard for me. And it really opened me up in a whole new way. It, it, I kind of adopted her younger brother, too, who was in the foster care system. And, and we went on all these kind of literally missions of trying to advocate for educational rights and all these things. What I learned from her is just how bold she is and how often there would be people who would discard her because she was a young, kind of petite young woman, and they would underestimate her. Uh, and so what I learned more than anything is to empower her and watch her go and know when to be her advocate and ally and when to simply stand back and just support from the distance. So I would say that's the biggest one with Camille. With Isabel, you know, I have the blessing of having been there every day. And I've really almost never missed a day until she left for college. And I didn't miss her birthday this year because I've never missed one and I wasn't going to start now. So I think the lesson that Isabel teaches me every day one, she teaches and expands my capacity for love. You know, each of my kids does, but Isabella, in a very special way, has always done that. She makes me softer. She makes me wiser. She challenges my thoughts and ideals. And then growing up with her being a young athlete, a female athlete, watching gender bias. Guys that I had coached with for years who had been my friends, who had been excellent teachers for my son or other people I knew, who would limit what they were willing to teach my daughter. I don't believe in gender roles outside of like I do think I'm kind of an old school traditional guy from the standpoint of like I think I should take out the trash and I pick up most of the dog poop and I, I, I do I try to do as many of the jobs that I think nobody else wants to do I don't know if that's so much gender based but you know in relationships I, I do feel like I should still open the door I should stand strong. I should walk on the outside. I should do some of these subtle things that are protective and are caring. You know, my daughter laughs because there's a high expectation for whoever dates either one of them because, you know, and, and my oldest coming into it late in life had all these new rules and her boyfriend at the time was like, man, where are all these new rules coming from? And I'm like, well, I have an expectation for who I want to be as a partner, as a dad, as a husband, what I want to embody as a male, right? But I think universally there's things that we should be embodying as people. Like I taught my kids, all of my kids, how to use tools. Even Camille, you know, she's in her 20s and I'm teaching her how to cut with a saw and measure and do all of these very what would have been traditionally non-gender roles. But the truth is they're just life skills. The same as I teach all my kids how to cook. And I think it's so important that you just have these. And one of the things for me is I, I think we misguide it a little. I think in my experience, women are incredibly patient and nurturing, but I think we underestimate males' ability to nurture. And sometimes we let men off the hook in that way and we don't require them to be as aware and one of the things that my youngest taught me is just how important it was for me as a dad to be nurturing and be engaged at the same level if not more at times because she needed that now earlier you 
talked about the fact that you had many women leaders that were empowering you, that were helping you to be the person that you are today, whether it was on shows, whether it was mentors, you had those women in your life that were helping you. Now that your voice is out there, you're being an advocate for women on these topics. What are you doing to be able to lift up women in your field to be able to help them to achieve what they're trying to achieve in their lives? Well, I think inclusion is huge. Um, and, and everything that we do, I started my own production company called Inclusive Media. Most of what we write are stories that are from what have traditionally been underutilized voices. A lot of our stuff is female-led. We have a lot of female-led content. We interface with a lot of really talented kind of under-the-radar female talents who are just starting to kind of get their way, and I'm trying to use my voice to help empower theirs. So that's the first place is, is use your voice to help and lift others. For example, in the case of Camille, not only is she my daughter, but she also is a business partner in a number of ventures. And we're trying to write a number of things based on her family experience, adoption, and the foster care system. So those are areas. And even when you hear those stories, rarely do you hear them from female perspectives. And as a young woman of color, as she reminds me all the time, it's very difficult sometimes to really launch your career as a director and be taken seriously. So all of those are important that I empower her and empower other people like her in that way. And then, you know, as a writer, I think there is, there's kind of a dearth of, of great female characters, uh, and there was for a long time, and that's changing, and I, I've been so impressed by some of the stuff that's come out in the last few years, but we have really female-led content, and while we are pushing that, on the directing side, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of helping people take that next step. In our business, there's not a lot of female camera operators. We've been training a couple on our show. I make sure that every episode I direct, we give a scene or two to them so that they get hands-on experience. And it paid huge dividends because the last episode that I worked, uh, somebody got a false positive for COVID, which meant they couldn't come into work. And on an hour's notice, we needed somebody to be a camera operator. Marianne stepped up perfect. We had trained her. She was ready. And it was so beautiful to watch her step in. And I said to her, which is exactly what I would want someone to say to me and someone to say to my kids or my daughters, is I said to her, I said, okay, Marianne, you're ready. And I said, but I'm telling you now, I gave you this vote of confidence and I fought for you to have this moment because I believe in you, which means I'm not going to change any of the assignments that were assigned to the other person. So you got to be all in and you got to take them because I know you can and we'll work together and I'll support you and we'll get this done. And she was fantastic. And I think that's part of what has to happen is we have to support each other because the truth is I can learn from her the same as she can learn from me. And it's so important if we take the gender off of it for a moment, if we take race out of it for a moment or orientation, if we just start looking at each other as collectively inclusive individuals, as part of the collaborative process or the work environment, as part of the community, we can learn so much more from each other if we're not putting all of these titles and kind of barriers up and we just start learning the best from each other. And I think that's my biggest job. You know, I mean, that's going to be my life's work really in this business. And it, it has started us we've built a charity around mentorship and trying to get that next generation called we commend my business partner and i and then you know for example having you know i have all the people who have shadowed me to this point 
I just am kind of in in one sense and I'm already opening the door for a group of young women to come behind me as directors so that they can get their first opportunity and their first look and, and have that thing on their resume to open a door. And that's my job. My job is if you get in, your job is to make someone else's life easier and help other talented people come and earn their way. And it's our job to open the doors and windows if we can't get them in the front door, then then I'll open every window and every access place I can because I just believe we're better and stronger if the world that we live in, and especially in a creative world, if it starts to look like the real world, if it looks like where we are and who we live with and what we're doing, we create better content and better art. That's so true. And I think that everything that you just said is so transferable because so many men are working in so many different types of professions. And for so many years, you hear about women that are trying to get past that glass ceiling. And men have been able to do it, but not many women have been able to surpass it as men have. So as you talk to other men, that are working in those different professions. As dads are hearing this and they're thinking to themselves, I work at this place and I haven't really thought about it, but I do see that women are not being able to achieve what I'm able to achieve. What are some steps that men can take to start a discourse, to start a conversation, to start things, to change the culture in the workplaces that they are in? Well, I think it begins with being willing to have the conversations and really listening. You really have to be willing to listen, not just to the women around you, but to people from other backgrounds, from other experiences. The truth is, no one has the whole width and breadth of the human experience, and we really have to start embracing each other's wisdom. When it comes for me, I mean, I'm a big believer, and this sounds maybe strange coming from a male, but like, women can do something that we cannot do. I think they're inherently amazing from the standpoint of they usher in and carry in life into this world. I'm an old school rap guy and there are lyrics that make my skin kind of crawl at times and there are times where I'm like, ooh, you know, raising daughters, I was like, oh, that might not have been the best even though I love that song, but time to fight for our women and protect our women, time to raise them in, in a better way that we got our name from a woman and our game from a woman and like to quote a Tupac song, like I think the reality is that they're not just your counterpart. They are not just your equal. In a lot of ways, women have a superior ability that we don't have. There's toughness in them. Their threshold for pain is higher. Their cognitive abilities to multitask are a little better. If you're really smart, you're utilizing their gifts and not looking at it as competition, but looking at it as part of embracing what you can become. And I think that's a big part of it is this is where we should be moving is can we acknowledge the greatness in the other people and take their gift? Because my job is to help people identify their gifts most of the time and then utilize them at a high pace and then be responsible about how. And so whether it be gender or race or or orientation, I think we sometimes let these things be barriers that really aren't. But from a glass ceiling standpoint, we do need to embrace support for families better in this country. I think from a male system, we, we need to look at that and analyze why we don't give paid leave for dads. They are just as important and they need to be connected early. But on the flip side of that, this glass ceiling, why we look at certain female leadership roles and we advocate that you never take a day off or that somehow you have to pick between being an amazing mom or an amazing family member or being an amazing business person 
they are not exclusive of each other. I'm a big believer in kind of mutual inclusivity as opposed to exclusivity. And I think asking young women to choose between their career and a family or their life, I think is a really unfair kind of dualistic way of kind of creating that glass ceiling in an even worse way. I think we're elevating the glass ceiling from that standpoint of we're asking you to give up parts of your life and then being unrealistic about what the expectation is. And then the financial part of it is a job is a job. So it makes no sense to me that someone should get paid less because of their gender, especially in a world where you know we probably should be taking all of these things off of applications. What your gender is, where you're originally from, most of those things are not relevant to what you can do and what you can bring. You know, for me, we love inclusion and we love people from different backgrounds. That's a huge plus for us and from a production standpoint of I love people who have different backgrounds than me. But most often, I don't ask people where they're from. I couldn't care less. I don't really care about your socioeconomic status or where you came from. I care about the value of your ideas. It's really a meritocracy for me. And the more we look at that, this country was kind of founded on this idea of exceptionalism. We didn't always embrace it, and we didn't always make it a level playing field, and that's where we were flawed in the beginning. But if we're being honest and we want to talk about looking for exceptionalism, then you got to stop basing it on what someone looks like. So true. So true. So true. I just want to say thank you so much, Michael, for sharing your voice, for being an advocate for so many women, for challenging all of us to be able to be better and to challenge us to support the women around us. I challenge you to listen to Michael, to check him out on social media because he's going to challenge you back because we all need to be advocates for our own daughters. Now, Michael, if people want to follow you to be able to learn more about you, even if it's not on television, where's the best place for them to go? Well, you pretty much can find me across the board at Real M. Fishman, R-E-E-L, M. Fishman, like my last name, across basically every social media. And we're putting together a website. Inclusive Media is our production company. We commend. My youngest daughter started a charity, Altruistic Acres, that has a website that should be coming out. The truth is, we are all part of this journey together. And the more we lift each other, the better this journey is going to be for all of us. And I think my job is to showcase that and to be a source of that. As always, Michael, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for all that you're doing to help women, to raise women up, to help them be the amazing individuals that they want to be and to be able to share their gifts with society. I really appreciate it, Chris. And remember, just because you have a daughter doesn't mean that you're not going to be the father-in-law of one at some point or a new family member. You could end up like me and end up adopting a daughter and have someone come in and change your whole life make sure you can look at them with some integrity and honor and say i believe in you and i support you properly because the last thing you want to do is do something that hurts them long term if you've enjoyed today's episode of the dads with daughters podcast we invite you to check out the fatherhood insider the fatherhood insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be we know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. 
Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be